I'm Noel Holzman, and this is Open Concept from Yahoo Finance. We all know the big industries that have been shaken up by the sharing economy. Airbnb is rattling the hotel business. Uber has turned the taxi industry upside down. But what about air travel? My name is Justin Crabb. I'm the CEO of Jetly Private Jets, or Jetly Incorporated, here in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Jetly's app links up customers with private jet operators when their planes aren't being used. Luxury customers get a convenient way to book a jet, and owners get a stream of side revenue. Justin Crabb thinks he has the power to compete for clients with Air Canada, WestJet, and the commercial airlines, which is no small feat, but he says he's up to the challenge. Justin, thank you so much for coming in. We're really, um, we're really pleased to have the opportunity to speak with you. Tell us about Jetly. Like, what is it? I've heard it being referred to as the, the Uber of jets. Right. Yes. You know, it's always flattering to, to be called that. Um, however, one difference is you, you don't really need a, a private jet as on demand as you do an Uber. But to simplify it for people, uh, the way that I like to explain it, it's, it's more or less an Expedia for private aviation, where uh, Expedia ties you into a network of commercial aircraft, uh, Jetly ties you into an app and a network of, of private aircraft that are charterable, uh, essentially on demand, but uh, the whole aircraft is yours as opposed to single seats uh, where you would Expedia. So how many planes do you have? Uh, there's about 10,000 at any given time, up to 15,000 in the network. Uh, that's a global network. It's, it's now across 190 countries uh, and territories worldwide, so it really is global. Um, at any given time, there could be 8,000 to 10,000 that are active, again, depending on the type of year or the time of year. Uh, Christmas, it tends to scale up uh, with the owners of the aircraft, uh, uh, making them more available. To our network. So are are you, and I don't say this in, in any way sort of pejorative fashion, but are you sort of the middleman uh, connecting the demand and supply? Right. So just like Uber is the middleman for the driver in the vehicle, we're the middleman for the, the airplane operator and the owner. So you could, you know, for example, if, if Yahoo has a plane and they, they charter it out for their executives, uh, they could uh, supplement the ownership costs. You know, if they're not using it 30 days out of the 31-day month, they could introduce it to our network. Uh, we could charter it out on demand and, and drive them business that supplements their cost of ownership uh, for the aircraft. So, you know, it could be a, a Coca-Cola-owned aircraft or a Pepsi-owned aircraft, somebody a company generally owns the aircraft, they add it to our network, and we uh, provide them with customers and a steady stream of business uh, through the the app. And, and not to get super granular, right. but but I am fascinated. So if, if if I'm Coke and I have this airline, oh, sorry, airplane, and I'm using it on Monday and Tuesday, but we don't need it to the best of our knowledge on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Then we just on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Then we just we put it up so it's available for booking on on that time frame. That's right. Right. Okay. Well, similar to that, you know, um, if you're flying from say Toronto to Montreal, just as an example, uh, a flight request would get submitted from Toronto to Montreal on such and such a date. It would get distributed to the network of operators and and pilots within the the area. Very similar to how Uber on your phone uh, receives. A, a ride request and the pilots and the operators either decline or accept it based on the schedule if it's available or if it's not available and then on the other side can you tell us a little bit about 
So if you, what, is there a typical customer? It's 50-50 between business and, and families that are traveling all over the world. Um, typically, we'll see four, five, six, seven, eight executives chartering an aircraft. Um, you know, they'll fly it from Toronto to Montreal, Montreal to Ottawa, Ottawa, sometimes into New York, and then back into Toronto the same day. And, and that's where the convenience factors uh, really start to benefit that type of business is they can be in four different places at once, do things that you couldn't normally do um, in one day with their team of executives, keep their morale up uh, and uh, increase their productivity. Uh, you know, and then the other side, routinely we'll see a family traveling from California into the Bahamas, for example, or, or into Europe uh, just as a standard vacation trip. So that's pretty much the balance, but, uh, you know, it, it definitely is a lot of business aviation. That's who sees the most benefit. Interesting. From a, from a uh, I can see from a business perspective, but for the, for the family case, that, that would be a fairly affluent family. Fairly affluent family, <laughs> yes. And then uh, taking a, a big step back, how did you get into this? I understand you're a pilot. Right, correct. So it was the, the pilot, being a pilot, was that from a, a position of sort of interest and passion or was that the first step towards launching the business? You know, I, I've been involved in a number of businesses for, for about 12 or 15 years now, um, you know, and, and got my pilot's license when I was 25. And so working out of these local airports, Buttonville Airport, just north of here in Toronto, um, the Island Airport, for example, you know, I see the way that these, these operators are running their business, it, you know, generally it's one or two aircraft within their their operation and sometimes three or four pilots only so there, there i realized there there wasn't a space to uh in a platform that digitized the booking processes you would have to call the operator chances are he's flying the plane as as you're waiting for a call back uh wait for an invoice have the invoice sent approved find the aircraft locate everything what I did is is found the niche, used my existing resources and staff, created the app, created the the desktop app as well, and digitized the whole process of booking. In terms of of why you started the business, you clearly saw an opportunity. Um, was it a function that that the competitive set was there was inefficiencies or just simply didn't exist? It purely didn't exist. You know, there there was no real way to find these smaller local operators that need the help. Uh, so, you know, that that was where the idea was born to create, a, you know, essentially an Expedia-type platform uh, that allows everybody to come on to one central database, one website, one application, uh, and, and be networked and put into contact with all of the local smaller operators that work out of these uh, very small op, uh, airports all around the world. The The... In North America, there are about 5,000 airports, and of those 5,000, only 500 are serviced by the uh, commercial airlines. So, you know, if you can get really close to your destination and really customize the routing, uh, that's where they really see the benefit of having a network that's similar to this. Has there been surprises, like from, from when launch to as you scaled up, like things you just didn't see? whether in terms of regulation or customer demand or issues with the planes? You know, the, the, the customer demand has been tremendous. With that, we've had uh, run-ins with, with two regulators, actually. Uh, we, had, um, uh, we had a review done on our, our initial business or a, an element of the initial business uh, with the Canadian Transportation Agency. They, they actually shut us down uh, on that particular 
uh, element of the business simply because they couldn't classify. They didn't know what it was, um, you know, similar to how Uber came into the space and they didn't really know how they fit into the, the taxi business. They didn't know if we were running an airline. What is this company? Uh, how is it operating? Uh, and, and most importantly, you know, where are the safety aspects uh, about this company for Canadians? And that, that's their, their, uh, their focus is, is, is it safe? Um, from there, we had uh, hurdles with the Travel Industry Council of Ontario, um, where uh, they didn't know if we were selling travel and we required a license. They didn't know if the operators within our network were selling travel through the Jetly application and if they required a license. All, many, many hurdles, and, and, and so they evidently shut us down. Uh, and and uh, we had to retain special travel counsel in both cases for... Um, to work the issues out and massage the issues out with both regulators. That must have been, a, in both times, must have been a huge setback. Like, did you did you always have the conviction that A, you were right, and, and B, it was worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, no, you know, I, I had uh, understood it, both the regulator sides, I had understood their, their, uh, their concepts and what their concerns were. Uh, we just had to address their concerns one by one and, and ask them if there are things that we should do differently. Uh, how should we do it, and and when can we implement it so we can get started again? Uh, but uh, you know, it was it was a fun process, a great learning experience. But you know, when, when there is disruption happening, it, chances are you're going to run into these uh, these problems, and it's just things you need to overcome. Have you looked at you? You know, we've talked a little bit about Uber here. Airbnb is another one that have been very disruptive. Have you have you looked at certain either individuals or companies as kind of a role model in in terms of how to 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 emulate the business? Well, this this particular business, I mean, there wasn't really anything to go by. Uh, there's there's nobody uh, in Canada, very very limited few in North America that are doing it that we could model our business after. Uh, but uh, you know, to your point. We're essentially very similar to Airbnb. You know, you have you have op air operators with aircraft. They add them to our network as opposed to homeowners with homes adding them to the Airbnb network. Airbnb facilitates the transaction between the pa or the the booker, the uh, the booker of the property and the property owner. We facilitate the transaction between the aircraft owner and the operator, and the passenger or passengers. And I can see, in contrast to, you know, Airbnb pisses off hotels right, right. understood right and and an uber and lyft you know seriously pisses off the taxi companies and particularly the drivers with the medallions that, or or the licenses right and, and there's a lot of friction and tension and hostility are, around that i i guess it's not the same with with gently because you're not really playing in the same space as the Air Canada's and the WestJets, right? Right. Well, you know, in certain ways we are. Uh, we, we we can easily convert a first-class traveler that's that's typically spending, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars for a single ticket, and we can give them an entire jet for eight thousand. You know, and and when you start to multiply the four people on board at first-class rates, you know, you're at twelve to Fourteen thousand dollars first class with Air Canada, we can give you a whole aircraft for about eight or nine, uh, and fly you into New York and back in the same day on your schedule. Uh, so you know it really starts to make sense when we are targeting the first class consumer, and that's that's a big target for us. We go after first class travelers uh, all the time and uh, say, hey, you know, you've got four tickets here, you could spend whatever it is, 
eight or nine or ten thousand bucks uh, with Air Canada, or you can bring it to us and we can give you a nice brand new aircraft that's just yours. Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm thinking the the use case you identified earlier of the group of executives who have to hit three cities in a day, right? And that I know that's not entirely unusual. Uh, that's not really a space that commercial aviation, you know, the, the airlines play in, right? Because you because can't, exactly. you can't. <laughs> you know, there's there's hours baked in. Uh, for security and all of that. There's just no way you can hit a whole lot of cities in in one day, generally speaking. Right. Right. I, I have been. I have uh, arrived at Pearson Airport. I had a 7 a.m. flight. It was a private flight. I, I arrived at about 6:55. The the pilot of my aircraft checked my passport, made sure I was the person on the passport. He took my bag, put it into the aircraft, and we were up and in, in, in the air at 7 a.m. So it's a five minute delay where you can quite literally walk right onto the aircraft there's no security there's there's uh, uh the customs elements are already pre-checked and pre-done before you even get to the airport and you use specialized terminals uh within the the airports that uh, don't see the commercial side of aviation yeah and so on that whereas i know with with the airlines you, you have like five minute windows taken off and landing I think that's how it goes. But with with a, a, a private plane, do you sort of have a carte blanche, right? Like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to leave at 2 o'clock. Actually, no, it's 2.30. Actually, it's quarter to 3. Totally. And you can you can come and go that way? You can you can divert in the air. You know, yeah. you can you can be up there and say, I want to go pick up something in, in Florida. Let's go to Florida and then go back up to wherever, Chicago, for example. Um, you know, it, it, it's totally flexible. We see that all the time, that the, the executives or the, the family's meeting runs late or, or whatever it is. They want to extend their vacation. We're going to move the flight or we're going to delay the flight or... Or we want to eat. We want to extend this dinner. Let's let's uh, stay at this dinner. Let's notify Jetly through the application, and uh, the pilot and the aircraft will stand by. Has the with high net worth individuals or sports teams have the ask evolved, like in terms of what people are looking for in terms of the the private jets that they they fly on? We will see things that you know. The, they want their their animals, their dogs in Antigua. They will fly a fifty thousand dollar aircraft with just their dogs on board uh, because they they want their dogs with them. Uh, so you know the the asks are are incredible in some ways. Uh, you know certain food items from from very very high end restaurants in New York City we can cater to and, and coordinate on their behalf. Things that wouldn't necessarily be on board any aircraft. Uh, at their request, uh, you know the the sky is the limit. Especially within this space, uh, we have to go above and beyond what we normally would do. Where do you go from here? Are are you in operations mode or continuing to scale? Well, we're definitely continuing to scale and continuing to grow. Where I see a a, a different niche within the private aviation sector is we can probably put pre-scheduled routes in place between key cities for example Toronto I'll use Canada uh, Toronto and Vancouver uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays we can charter an entire aircraft and then sell individual seats on board that aircraft which benefits the people uh, in time saving in the the you know the glam factor of flying private uh, the comfort level is is uh, unbelievable uh, on board the aircraft and we can have pre-scheduled routes Toronto to Vancouver Toronto to Montreal or Ottawa uh, on certain days and then 
directly compete with the airlines and start to sell individual seats and tickets on board those private private aircraft um, at comparable rates to uh, first class travelers. So it could be first class customers that we're, we're going after and uh, and selling them the ability to fly on these private aviation, private aircraft, uh, or the, the typical business traveler that's already used to flying first class uh, on board for the time saving, the ability to travel into multiple cities uh, within the same day, things that they wouldn't normally be able to, to reach. And especially uh, landing and taking off at these very small airports, the airports, you know, the other 4,500 airports that the airlines don't service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just wrapping up. Is there anything you would have done differently? I know you've you, you mentioned the issues with the the regulators. Um, what are the sort of the learnings? Sorry, this is a two part question. But one is, are there things you would have done differently? And then the second part of that is, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are? I think I would have went faster. <laughs> I think I would have pushed a little bit harder. Um, but uh, you know, do you, you didn't go fast enough? I, I, I could always go faster. Okay. In my mind, I think I can always go faster. Uh, we, we definitely did go very fast, and we, we've, we've crossed a lot of bridges that most people wouldn't cross. Um, you know, advice for other entrepreneurs is, is to try it, even if there are regulations in place, which generally there is in, in almost every field of business. Try it and, you know, do your due diligence. Make sure you do your, your reviews. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't be afraid to stick your neck out there and see who's coming, whether it's customers coming or if it's regulators. You know, that's that's how things change and how things evolve. That's how uh, the Ubers of the world and the Airbnb started. You know, it's... Um, it's a it's a game that you've got to be willing to play. Yeah. Justin, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. It was really great to speak with you. Thank you. That's it for this week. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening app, and leave us a review. This episode was produced by Ali James. I'm Noel Halsman, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>